Today we are diving in how to provide quick results for our clients while also promoting long-term sustainable changes. That's of course like what everybody wants, right? It's those, your clients come in, they wanna see change quickly, you wanna give it to them because then, you know, we behavioral momentum, people get excited about that. But then also, how do we balance, because we want them to have that sustainable result so that they're not yo-yoing, they're not having to jump from coach to coach, they stay with you and they're happy. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach with the Jock and the Doc Podcast, where fitness meets behavioral science. Join your hosts, Scott Schutte, a seasoned personal trainer, gym owner, and 360 wellness coach, and Dr. Janine Steister, a PhD behaviorist and expert in all things behavior change, as they share their combined expertise to empower fitness professionals like you with practical tips, cutting edge topics, and industry leading guests, you'll learn everything from motivation and goal setting to habit formation and overcoming obstacles. Whether you're a seasoned fitness pro or just starting off your coaching journey, becoming the ultimate fitness coach is your essential guide to mastering the art of coaching and changing lives. Yeah, so today we're going to break it down and this is the conversations we like to have with our clients. Are we going on a walk? Are we going on a jog? Or are we going on a sprint? So sprint is that maximal effort, you know, optimal strategies. We're going to get to those results as quick as possible. We're on the other side of that. The opposite side is that walk, right? Which is sort of that minimal effective dose that we like to talk about a lot that fits in with people's lifestyles. It's manageable and enjoyable. And then the jog is, of course, somewhere in between there. Yeah, so t today let's break it down. Let's start off with the, the sprint. And the sprint is what is popular in the industry. That's what we see like most people doing. And me as a trainer, uh, this is what I like to do with clients too. Like this is exciting. This is when you get those big changes. The problem is if all we teach is the sprint, most of the people are gonna fail with it. And so we need to be able to communicate better with our coaches. And this is really what we're breaking it down. It's, it's us having, it's us getting on the same page with our clients on like what exactly we're doing. And it's us being the, the good guides. And we were talking about this before, um, before we, we started the session. It's almost like thinking about if you're a coach on the training floor and someone comes in and they're like, oh, I can do a 315 back squat. And you're like, you look at them, you're like, really, you can? Oh, let's give it a try. And you put them on there and then they get hurt. It's probably your fault because you let them do that. I like to think of it the same way when we're giving people guidance on what they should do outside the gym. Just because someone comes in, they're like, I'm gonna do everything, and you give them the plan that's like, cut out all your drinking, all these macros, do these calories, do all these different things, and they fail with it. It's you giving them too much. So a lot of times we gotta have better communication with our clients and figure out what stage people should be at and understand these, these stages are gonna change throughout their fitness journey. Yeah, because, and we've talked about this before, people come in with what they think they should say, number one, and some people just by nature are more optimistic than others, or they're just so excited to make a change that they're like, absolutely, I can do all that. But when it does not happen, and when they fail to do all yeah. of those things, we're just reinforcing that cycle where they either view it as they're not able to do this, where other people are that they see, and or it must be you, the coach. So now I'm gonna go find another place to go. And all of those situations can be avoided by just having similar language, talking about their lifestyle, talking about what they really want and can do, and how they want that to feel on that fitness journey. So really the two biggest things I look at when um, I'm agreeing for someone of like, okay, we're gonna go on a sprint, is number one, looking at the, what are the next few weeks, months look like? And so we're setting the timeline, like it's a, okay, it's six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it is, and say you've got something coming up, like a, a wedding or a trip, which is great, we can work on that. So it's looking at the, the calendar, like, okay, what events do we have coming up? Because if there's a lot of travel and there's a lot of family things, a lot of different things like that, that might not be the best time for a sprint. And again, we're trying to set people up for success. 
The other thing I like to look at is like, what is their experience? What have they done in the past? If it's someone that I want to do on a sprint, that means they have to have some sort of understanding of like how to get protein in. They need to know what the water is. They need to have done some workout before. This isn't someone, a, a newbie. If he's a newbie that you're going to throw all these different things on, it's going to be too much. And more than likely, they're going to fail. So really kind of breaking it down of, of timeline and also experience level before we take someone on a sprint. Yeah. And the other part is our personalities, we might use the same word but really have our own version of what a sprint is. I mean, you can be like, hey, sprint is, you're doing a lot really fast, and the client's like, absolutely, I'm on board for that. But you ask them what all of that and pretty fast is, and you realize like, oh, their fast might be your walk, yeah. or vice versa, you know, whatever it is. And then, of course, there are also the personalities that almost need that sprint. They'll tell you like, if I'm not all in, I just end up being all out. And so we need to have some conversations about that of, okay, how long can we do this sprint? And then what are we gonna shift to? Because if I'm an all in person, we know you can't be all in on something all the time. So now we need to plan for the push, pulling back out of that and kind of taking a break from that. Yeah, and so let's jump to that that walk. That's this is, and really this is what more we talk about is that minimal effective dose. and. Go back and check, we, we dive really deep into this, but we're talking about like, what's the, what's the least amount that you need to change to actually see some progress moving forward? And the reason we talk so much about this is because very few people in the industry talk about this. It's more about this, okay, all in approach to see that. And it can work, but if we don't have this walk approach too, we're gonna miss out on the people that aren't all in people, the people that are very busy yeah. with, their, with their work and with their kids and with exactly. all these different things. And then we also need to, we need this for the people that are the extreme people because we see these extreme people in these big transformations, but if you follow them for enough time period after that transformation, they end up going exactly the, the way they were before. And so if we can figure out this walk so they can still see some progress, like we're gonna see a lot of great results there. And and a couple key things on that too is it makes it feel approachable. No. For, so for example, a lot of us hear about billionaires. I would say by and large, a lot of us don't feel like that's probably gonna be attainable in our lifestyle. Like it's just not who we are or our world or whatever. It just seems so far away. It just seems so unattainable. And when it comes to fitness and, and health and wellness and things like that, we want it to feel attainable to most people. So if everything they see in here is about the sprint, but I'm taking care of my aging parents, I've got my kiddos, I've got a full-time job, I have all of these responsibilities, I love to volunteer, I love to, um, be passionate, involved in my work, whatever it is, it feels unattainable. So if I can't make a billion, I'm not even going to try to hit my 500 million type of thing. So we want them to feel like that. The, the other part of it is what is that lifestyle and what are their values? What do they enjoy? What is important to them and what do they want to keep so that they can start pairing overall wealth, uh, health, wellness, and fitness with enjoyable and, and just as a lifestyle instead of like a uh, a moment in time. And, and so really the, the majority of the people that I work with, the majority of the coaches that I work with that work with general pop people, this is the best approach. Because what we're doing is we're setting people up for success. So many people that have tried a fitness approach have had failure doing that because they try to do too much too early. And so if we can just change a couple things around. So it's, it's really important to get very specific on what their goals are and then very specific of what their day-to-day -day looks like and how do we make some small adjustments to that to help them trend in the right direction. There's a few principles that we need to stay within, but if we can, if we can get people to move a little bit more, um, eat a little bit less, but do it without tracking food and doing cardio every day and all these different things, finding things that they actually enjoy doing, then we're gonna have those long-term sustainable changes that we talked about early on. Now, 
they won't have the big transformation in the first few weeks, but that's okay. Not everybody really needs that. And people are just trying to see some sort of progress and they need to have some sort of success. So by us setting this approach up, by, by talking with them, we're like, listen, we're just gonna make some small adjustments and we're gonna make sure that we are trending in the right direction and we're gonna set them up for success. And then over time, we can build a little bit more on that and build a bit more on that and eventually probably work to more of like a jog so people can have that. And then if people, want to make those bigger changes because they have something going up, we could go to that sprint for a short period of time and then go back to that walk. But some people not, might not even go to that sprint and that's perfectly fine because some people just aren't built for that. Yeah, and that's what I like about this model is once we've worked with a client, we've defined what sprint is, what jog, what walk is, then we can start talking about that in, in the way that I would call it toggling back and yeah. forth based on what's going on in your life, what your current goals are, and, and just the seasons of your life. and. When do I want to be on a sprint, if at all? Am I a, a jog and a walk toddler? Am I always on a walk? Things like that. But that way people understand, too, that it doesn't have to look the same all the time. Yeah. And we've talked about this before is, especially with our current society, maintaining your weight is a challenge, yep. let alone losing some, for example. So if sometimes I'm on a walk and I'm maintaining, that is huge success. Which also then brings me to the what you were talking about before is people just need to see progress, right? We need to see that behavioral momentum. And we know that with behavior change, we need to see movement and then we also need to have it established as a habit before we can add a whole bunch of other things. But sometimes to see that movement, we as coaches have to be real clear with clients on what measures are we seeing to look at change and progress. So is it just scale-based? Because sometimes when we're on a walk, that scale doesn't like to move for a hot minute or it's very small. What else? Is it how many steps? Is it slight changes in diet nutrition? Is it making different choices at different times? What are we measuring? Um, is it overall satisfaction and happiness? And we talk about that with our assessment. But making sure that you have that mutual understanding of what progress looks like, and that will help any of these phases work and feel a whole lot better to people. And, and you talked about this earlier, but like being very, very clear on what this 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 walk, this jog, and this sprint means. Because I'll have some clients coming in, and most of them are uh, a little more ambitious, a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They 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 excited, yeah. eager, <laughs> optimistic. Optimistic <laughs> is the word I'm looking for. They're very, very optimistic on what they can do. Because most of them are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sprint. I'm like, okay. To me, a sprint is no drinking alcohol. And they're like, whoa, whoa, that, I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, let's talk jog then. And there's a guy I was talking to, I'm like, okay, jog is what we're going to do. I'm like, if an alcohol was as a caloric offender and we're, we're, we're working on bringing that back, I was like, okay, what does a jog look like for you um, alcohol-wise? He's like, oh, 10 drinks a week. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot. But if he's going from 20 drinks to 10, that is, that's a big change. That's and definitely a jog for him. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely a jog for him. Yeah. Now, someone that's not drinking at all and going from, from, from zero to 10, like <laughs> that is a massive gain on there. But the, yeah. the thing is, like, that's why it's so important to, to, to be very clear. And that's why we like to have these conversations. We're, we're big on not having them on the floor. We're having one-on-one -on -one conversations yeah. because we need to be very clear on what the goal is. We need to be very clear on what the, the direction is that we're doing out this. And then like what we're talking here is, is a lot about just intensity. What's the intensity? Of that we're working on right now. And so much of that intensity depends on what we're currently doing and what does our outside you know, environment look like in the near future. And we need to have these, these talks on a regular basis because they're going to change. Someone might start off as a sprint and then there's a family member that gets sick or something that yeah. work blows up and they need to go back to a walk. But it's very important that we're here to help guide them so they go from the walk versus lying down and not doing anything. And that's what we see so much of this sprint to nothing, sprint to nothing. And we want to be there to help guide them on whether we're walking, jogging, or sprinting.
Yeah, and I think one last part that I'll also mention is, at least in my mind, and we haven't talked about this, but thinking you're going to agree with this. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, right? Is um, sometimes a sprint also might be like, this is what I'm doing during the week. I'm more on this sprint. And I might be jogging on the weekend because I'm in the ball at the ball field all weekend for some tournament with my kiddo. So the sprint might not be working out on that particular weekend. But I might be sprinting Monday through Friday as long as I'm just not falling completely off. The yep. But I might toggle back and forth even during small things. In it, but as long as I'm mindful of that and kind of thinking about as a client what phase I'm in and what that might look like, it feels more doable. But I can still, if I have this goal and really get going on it, still maintain part of that sprint. So being creative, being thoughtful about timing and um, and not just having one model in mind, I think is sort of one of our themes here. Yeah, and it's just getting you both on the same page because if you at the coach is thinking sprint and they're thinking sprint too, but their sprint is a completely different definition and you guys come to meet again and go over like what the measurements are, the changes, yeah. like it's just big on like just communication here. And so, you know, when she's talking about like sprint during the week and maybe walk during the weekend, that can definitely work for the right person at the right time yep. for a certain period of time. But there might be a point of like, you know, we've, we've gone so far with that. Um, if we want to go further, yeah. maybe we do need to sprint the, the rest of the, the seven days. Or maybe we're just happy with where they're at. Exactly. The majority of the people I work with get to a level where they're like, you know, I feel better. You know, my, my confidence is up. My, my weight's down. But they're still not at the weight that they initially said that they're yeah. going to be at. They're like, oh, when they first started with me, they're like, I want to lose 50 pounds. But they might be down 20, 30 pounds. But it's amazing how much they've gained during that. So during the whole course of that process, too, we're, we're constantly reevaluating their goals because that's going to change, too. Because what we talk a lot about is like a lot of people are saying these words that they are familiar with or that yes. what is popular. So weight's an easy one to say. But but weight means so little and it can change so much from day to day. So having these touch points, uh, reestablishing, um, figuring out kind of where they're at, where they want to go and, and making sure that we're, we're on the same page with them on the intensity that we're doing right now is just super important. So as we, as we wrap this up, um, I really want you to, to think about these conversations that you're having with your clients on where they're at in their journey. And if we're on a sprint, which is fine, we just need to be clear of like what's going on outside as far as trips, as far as work, as far as family, all these different things. And is it set up for success during that time? And then also that transition off that, because to me, that's really the most difficult part. Getting people when they're, when they're excited to change, to do something yeah. all in is really not that hard. Yeah. But to help them maintain that, that sprint for a longer period of time and then transition off that so that they can keep the, the progress that they made. To me, that's the difficult part. And that's what our main job of coaches is to do. So we'd love to hear whether the sprint, jog, walk um, paradigm kind of fits with you, how you coach and work with clients, what your thoughts are, or anything else that you would like us to discuss. Um, pop it in the comments or uh, connect with us on social media. See you next time.